Hi, my name is Josh Hannaberry, and welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. At the Truck Focus Podcast, our mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. Over the last decade, I've been fortunate to connect with several transportation industry leaders that have had a positive impact on my life, and I look forward to connecting them with you. Friends in the industry, in today's episode, I'm excited as this is part two of my conversation and part of our We Got This Mental Health series, where I get to have an interview with Morgan Baudry. So she's the owner of Road Ahead Counseling, which is all about professional drivers' trauma and the need to provide a safe place for them to share their stories and more. So if you've not yet done so, I highly recommend that you check out part one, which is episode 53 on the Truck Focus podcast, just to learn a little bit more about Morgan and just the impact that she's having. So throughout Morgan's journey, she's learned the importance of sharing your story, especially after a traumatic experience takes place, such as a motor vehicle collision. Far too often, does a conversation stop after someone hears, well, the driver wasn't deemed at fault after a collision, but there's so much more to that. So let's get ready to rock and roll in today's episode. I'm really excited. So thanks again. Let's get to it. So a couple of times you've touched on mental health and that's a, I think now um, as society, that's a really, if you want to call it a hot topic, part of it, I think is just what we're going through. Part of it is the amount of time spent in isolation, but then when you kind of turn the conversation to a professional driver who a lot of times live in isolation, can you highlight what is mental health and how important is it to, if, if I can use the word protect your mental health, how important is that? Well, um, we, as with physical health, our physical health is, are our systems working in an optimal way so that we can function marginally on a day-to-day basis, right? Your mental health is the same way. Are we responding to, is our behavior aligned, proportional, and appropriate to what is happening around us. That's our mental health. And the things that can affect that are monotony, isolation, um, being socially cut off from the world, the loneliness. Loneliness is actually really bad for your mind because people are social creatures. And if the only contact you have is at a truck stop for maybe half an hour, even strangers are suddenly friends. So any social contact is good social contact, but mental health is something that you need to monitor consciously because the mind doesn't always tell us in really clear ways, like a sprained ankle tells us, or a blood test tells us that there's something wrong with the body or that we need to, you know, go easy on our ankle for a couple of weeks. The mind is often a little sneakier. If we are starting to experience anxiety or depression or, or a trauma response, it might start with being in a bit of a pissy mood being owly, being chippy, not sleeping well, being jumpy. There are any number of symptoms that can signal maybe something isn't up with you. And you may not notice other people might, which could put you on the defensive. No, I'm fine. Stop asking. I'm in a good mood. Stop asking. I'm not angry. Sure, you're not. Noted. Sound fine to me. So... And also mental health is so terribly stigmatized. We think of, again, you know, thank, thanks movies and TV for making um, every, every person with a gun a, a mental health case and every criminal a basket case. People have mood disorders. People have trauma responses. And these are things that we cope with much in the same way that if you have diabetes, you treat it. And you can be perfectly healthy and be a diabetic. 
You can also have a mood disorder and be perfectly healthy and have a full and rich and long life. And you can have a trauma response. The same way you could break your leg and be out for down for the count. You will have, um, if, if you have a PTSD reaction to a sudden traumatizing horrific event, and that destabilizes you mentally for a little while, pretty normal, actually. About 25% of people do. And it's a healing process. As your, your, your bone won't be broken forever, your mind will not be out of sorts forever. You'll heal. You'll learn to cope. You'll come back from it. But you have to notice it. Yeah, it's going to be a question I had was how is if how is the right word or what do you do? Like what what actions can we take to self-regulate, to monitor how am I actually doing today? And then with that, are there any, I guess, advice it doesn't have to be too in-depth because I know it can be really depth, but really deep. But what can people do once they start acknowledging, okay, I am in a pissy mood, why? Or that really ticked me off. Why? Or I'm really upset today, I'm crying. Why? Like, so how do you manage that? Well, recognizing it, number one, but again, the the world of trucking to the rescue, uh, even in my therapeutic practice, there are things that we do in trucking that relate to or or that can become tools for us to use in our everyday lives. Think of your own mental health and physical health check-in as a pre-trip. You know how in the pre-trip you go around, you, you, you you check push rod travel, you do a leak test. Well, you can do that on your body and your mind. How am I feeling today? What is my mood like today? What was, and let's compare this against the past week because you keep all your pre-trip records, right? Because you notice this needs attention, but is serviceable, but this is out of service. And this should take me off the road straight now, but I need to get this addressed in a month. This needs to be addressed in a week. This can wait. So approach your body, but also your mind. What happens here affects your whole body. If you're upset here, you're going to get a rush of adrenaline. Your heart's going to start beating faster. Your blood pressure could increase. When you're scared, you you can panic. Freeze, flight, and fight response are all normal. And these are psychological and physical reactions. And also what happens to the body affects the mind. Chronic pain can make you feel hopeless and sad and desperate and lead to depression. And long periods of depression actually rewire us. So the pre-trip checking it, making note. Am I reacting to a thing in a way that's like a proportional response? Did I lose it when I didn't have my favorite sandwich? My coffee was late. I have lost it. What is happening right now? So where are my feelings? Why are my feelings? And actually sitting with that. Sitting with those feelings, talking to others. Maybe I should get a second opinion on this pre-trip. Gee, I've had all these things. There are some really good tools out there. Um, there's one that's actually called um, a stress inventory, life event stress inventory. For every stressful thing in your life, very clever psychologists did a bunch of surveys and gave it a point value, sort of like um, family feud. Most common answers have point value. You can actually go through this list, look at all the stressors in your life and add them up. And then you can see, holy cow, bad things, but also good things like a change of job still a stressor, even if it's positive, starting or ending school, beginning or ending relationship, moving, a health crisis, racks up points and just takes the mickey out of you over time. 
truly. So looking at the communal aware and tear of our lives on our vehicle, the most expensive, sophisticated, and important component of our vehicle, of course, is the driver. That's us. True in life and true in ourselves. We're irreplaceable and we have to monitor it. And getting help, reaching out, starting that conversation. And that can be, and with most people, it's with a friend, a family member. Someone that you trust, someone who's an insider or an outsider. But it comes from conscious everyday monitoring as we pay attention to our body. So our minds as well. Like, are we sleeping? Etc. Anyway, yes. Yes. Things yeah. The pre-trip. The, I really appreciate that approach too, because I think oftentimes we compromise with our agitation instead of acknowledging KY. And there, do you know who David Henry is? Out, uh, yeah, so he, incredible guy. And I was recently shared something that he talked about where I think it was five seconds or five minute approach where when you're behind the wheel and something agitated you and now you're at a, pain of, or a point of rage, and in that point of rage could be a horrific accident, could be a horrific anything. And I think, yeah, doing a preacher by yourself can help eliminate anything in those environments or a lot of it anyway, because you're able to self-regulate. Okay, this is how I'm doing based off of a check. And I'm going to, I'll name drop the uh, stress inventory tool in yeah. the, uh, in the show notes too, because I think that's, there, I think a lot of times people talk about what is the problem and then they forget to talk about what is the solution and Acknowledging a problem is key, but also offering a solution. So I love the fact that you name drop that because I'll include that in the show notes because it's super important for sure. It's cool for the toolbox. It's like, well, here's how things, and it also shows you that, guess what? You're having a normal reaction and all of these things are stressful. A new baby, good news, also stressful. Change in lifestyle, change in, in, in this, and it just changes in relationships and it all adds up. So actually there is nothing wrong with you. You're, you're fine, but you're also carrying a very heavy load behind you. And you know what happens when you try to stop everything, you know, backs up and yeah, that doesn't stop on a dime. It's heavy. So allow yourself to experience it. Yes. I'm dragging a lot with me. Manage it. Like once you see that it's there, it's like, oh, well, I can navigate this differently. Or I can ask someone to share my load with me. I don't have to carry all of this by myself. I don't have to do it all in one trip. Uh, trucking is endlessly useful for analogies also in therapy. Truly. Yes. Again, thank yes. you for the truckers. They've changed my life in only really wonderful ways. Um, and yeah, the pre-trip is a conscious decision. And because we do it every day for our vehicles, applying it to our bodies should be um, a fairly easy adaptation as well, but it has, you know, you, you need to do it consciously and regulating your thoughts. You name dropped, uh, David Henry. I'm going to name drop, um, Ross Laird, who's a Vancouver psychologist who talked about the work of recovery. So you've been through a trauma or addiction or some other huge life stressor and getting past it. He said, it's a lot like peeling a potato. He said this at the recovery conference in 2018 in New West. He said that he says, you know, I hate potatoes. They're like literally the worst. They're not smooth. There's always some little divot. There's always some little thing you miss and you have to stop and you have to go back. He says, recovery's like that. 
You peel the potato slowly and it's frustrating, but you stay present, you finish it, and then there's other potatoes. And it's Powerful. just conscious. I know I love that analogy. Yes. I also keep peeling potatoes, but he's right. And you can't do it quickly because if you do, you'll cut yourself, you'll end up with peels on the floor. It's a mess. And you'll do a poor job and you won't do well. And then you won't feel about it. And you've created opportunities for failure. Set yourself up for success. Go slow. Be forgiving. And recognize that everyone hates peeling potatoes. I I like that analogy. I haven't thought of that or heard that before. But yeah, you can see the... (laughs) It's a gooder. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I appreciate you, you dropping that. And so throughout our conversation, I really value when you use analogies and stories and you often refer to the toolbox and keeping tools in the toolbox. So again, to the depth that you want to go, we'll go. And I really appreciate the just the humility when you speak, because again, some people, they go really scientific and then it's about them, but you don't do that. And I value that. But when we're talking tools in the tool shed, what are some, if we can use the word basic or easy to find, easy to, I guess, insert in our own toolboxes, what are some tools that we can use just to yeah, help protect ourselves? Well, tools that you can gather, um, they're called um, uh, just taking mood scales. You can find these on the internet and it's something that any therapist will use at the start of a conversation. So how are you feeling today? You're already there, right? You've already got that one. On a scale of zero to 10, zero being uh, everything is completely fine and 10 being the world is on fire, where would you say you are today? How's your anxiety today? How's your physical health today? How's your overall well-being? So this is a basic set of scales. And if you keep score, you can add up those points. The higher the numbers every day, and you can chart this, the higher the numbers every day, you know you're moving in which direction right? You want to be as close to zero as you can. And it could change week to week. But yeah, they're called mood scales and they're a common therapeutic tool just to get a quick snapshot of where a client is, but also apply to yourself where we are. And accepting that, yeah, you know what, there's going to be some appalling shit weeks where everything is going to happen. Like, oh, I've quit smoking. And then my husband asked me for a divorce. Awesome. How's my stress? Let's not talk. Twelve. 12 this week and I can't sleep. So yeah, things, different things that are indicators of our mental health. Yeah. 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 One of the, another really good indicator is the self check. Something doesn't go your way. Did you have what, what is reasonably considered a proportional response? We've all seen the Karen videos, right? The people who, throw hot coffee at someone over the counter last week. Was it in Vancouver that that happened? It's not a proportional response. Something isn't right with you. You're in some kind of pain right now. Also super inappropriate. And you might, you you know, it may not be mental illness. You may just be a jackass. Totally possible. Do not conflate the two. Some people are just jerks. But if that's not normal for you, if you're losing it over, really small, small things, you're hurting. Something is hurting and something isn't right. So sitting with that feeling, there's another for the toolbox. We try to stay busy so that we don't feel. We have a loss, we plan a funeral, we stay busy, we grieve later. Because it's hard to sit with those feelings. 
So recognizing I'm having a feeling, what's it about? Interrogating that feeling, think of it as a friend and invite it in. So who are you and why are you here? Sometimes something will happen to us, but weirdly we get a memory from childhood or from something years ago. Okay, pull that memory back, don't leave yet. What about today is like that? When has this happened before? So sitting with that feeling and making those connections. You can do that on your own without a therapist. Identifying distorted thoughts, um, thoughts of fear, thoughts of anxiety, that horrible little voice in your head that says, you have no business doing a master's. What's wrong with you? What do you know? Nothing. Mm. Telling it to, okay, that all might be true, but I'm learning. Learning to shut that conversation down. Identify the distortion, reframe it. Yeah, you might be right but I'm here to learn. It's okay to not know things. Feeling our inadequacies and working through them. I'm afraid of getting back in the vehicle. Rational. If I hit a bump, it's going to feel like hitting a body. That's probably true. Let's work through that. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and what's fantastic about the advice shared is a lot of that can be done in the cab or in the bunk of a truck. And I think that's the biggest takeaway in this part of the conversation is it doesn't have to be, let's get you on a six-month waiting list. It doesn't have to be, we're going to embarrass you in front of your friends and family because we're going to set up a, whatever it's called, we're going to call you in front of everyone because you've been snappy. It's, no. Ah, it's, uh, yeah, intervention, right. I couldn't remember the name. But yeah, I know that. Yeah, I think that's super valuable, especially because a lot of our listeners are in truck and or in near truck, but yeah. also from an operations standpoint, dispatchers, I love them. I used to be one, but they're some of the most moody people on the planet and it's because they're never right. And it, that's, again, that's a self-identification <laughs> thing. They're always wrong either by management sales or the driver. So I get their mindset, but I think again, why am I snappy today? Why is this trickle effect pissing me off that much? But again, it's really practical advice. So. <laughs> well, and if somebody has a wildly disproportionate response to something you say or do, this is a clue that something is 100% a little bit off with them. All right, let's take a step back. That shouldn't have gone there. How are you doing today? What's up? I didn't think that what, had, what just happened was such a big deal. Let's unpack this a little bit more. So that's sometimes a signal and that can put people on the defensive and make them feel vulnerable. But when you lead with empathy and take an actual interest, it's like, hey, I'm not mad at you for freaking out on me right now. I'd like to know more. Because yeah. I know, like, getting mad in response may seem like a normal thing. But on the other hand, when you meet aggression with aggression, you just escalate hostilities. When you meet somebody frustrated with peace, with empathy, chances are you'll de-escalate them and they'll be more eager to open to you knowing that you still trust them. Despite this little transgression, this really embarrassing little moment they just had where they carried out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's important too. And yeah. I, I often talk about leading with empathy because I think yes. we can, we all have the ability to change a life. And yeah, when you said, when you meet aggression with aggression, what are you doing? Are you trying to prove you're right? 
or we can leave the ego at the door and say, okay, let's take it at face value. And let's actually talk to the person and I'm not perfect, but that's the space I try and live in because it's, it saved my life plenty of times. I fight with depression at times and anxiety at times. And my wife, honestly, she's, I'm pointing, but she's just in the room next to me. And she does that really, really well. She's really gracious um, with, if I come home and I'm really stressed and maybe I'm short, she's, yeah, she's really good at identifying. That's not Josh. That's just, okay. And we can talk through it and then, okay, I laugh a little bit and I'm, I can cope, but I, right. uh, yeah, no, I think that's super valuable. And something I try and do too, I call it priming. Um, so you can, I mean, you can look at, so there, I call it priming my day. So you can either live in a, a liquid or a liquid state or a friction state. And basically starts the moment I wake up, well, I guess beforehand, it starts the night before I go to bed. So I put my clothes in the same spot. I put my wallet, and my keys in the same spot, my lunch kit in the same spot, because if I'm not friction, so if I'm not hitting things I'm not supposed to in the morning, or if I, where's that shirt I wanted to wear? If you take those basics out, by the time I get to my vehicle, I'm in a pretty good mood. I've had my coffee. I've had my breakfast. I know things are like the world's not flat. Like <laughs> It's still in orbit. We're still good. So that way, by the time I get to traffic, or sorry, I get into traffic, my podcast is already playing because I'm a big podcast listener. And I know I've already had some coffee. So I'm, all of those things, by the time I get to my office place, there's certain things that I'm hitting. So I'm in a fluid state by the time I get to the office. I'm not in a, a friction agitated state. Oh, that guy cut me off. It's like, yeah, that guy cut me off. And you can just, you can get over it, but I try and practice that every day too. Right. Well, and that's actually such a good strategy because you're using small things that take five or six minutes to set you up for success, removing a stress element from the day. So that it's not going to slow you down so that it's not going to be a skid. You've got traction the whole way. Will things slide? Yeah, for real. But you've taken an opportunity to take some of that pressure off, like well and truly. Well, then you get to a point where I'm agitated, you can check. Yes. Well, um, yeah, I I pack when I'm on holiday, I pack the trunk uh, in the same order every day with the same thing in the same place. So I can do a visual scan. Is my purse missing? Yes. Or is a pair of shoes or an umbrella? Just because, you know, Yes. not not super bright with stuff like that. But um, yes. Yeah. I can make fun of myself. I'm I'm very comfortable in that room. Yeah, and I have long flowing Um, hair too. Don't worry about it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's a good tool. Like, if you can set yourself up for success, it can be hard when you're under stress because everything feels like it's coming at you. But if you have a moment where you feel clear, okay, I can get all of this out of my path, like shoveling the driveway the night before instead of the morning of. So we can just drive out and not have to worry about that. That's a great tool, Josh. Well done. For those that can't see, I'm, I'm, I'm raising it. You know, I think the therapy industry is missing out on having you. Uh, I'll have to, you know, talk over to the dark side. It's funny. So I don't think social work and therapy are the exact same. I know there's different things you do in a day. Not really before- the same. <laughs> They're very close. The prior to becoming a health and safety professional, I was actually looking into the UFC social work program. Uh, my best friend, he's an occupational therapist. So he was at UFC. I can't remember what the, um, he did two years in Kelowna, two year, finished two years I think, in Calgary before he went to his master's at UBC. And the, yeah. um, kind of in that space, 
when I identified health and safety, I'm like, you're still helping people. You're creating plans, you're coaching. So there's a similar traits where I'm like, okay, I think this is best suited for me because I couldn't get into law enforcement. Those were kind of my three hmm, moments, but yeah, that's anyway. That's, but there's um, a place for that skill set and that toolbox in the trucking industry because you're not working with, say, families in crisis, but trucking is a family. A workplace is a family. And even if you are just an independent driver, you are you have a family because you have your dispatcher, your brokers, you have your own people in your life, and you need to manage these. So whether you're on your own or in a small or a medium-sized or a large business, you belong to something that can benefit from a systems approach that can benefit from a social work approach because there's communication and relationships and all of these can either strengthen or damage your mental health. And if you're mental, you know, in the trucking industry, I know that there's pressure to be mentally fit to drive. I mean, I, I had to go for a physical this year and an eye exam. And also they ask you questions. They're doing like a little mini mental. So the pressure to not reveal that you are suffering, the pressure to keep it under wraps is huge on a good day. But what if it's going to endanger your ability to drive? Oh, man, are you ever going to lie about that? You are going to, I'm fine, everything is fine, and the room is on fire. And sometimes you don't even notice that the room is burning. Yes. Yeah, yes. I see that quite often where I can, I think you just, you can build a, the ability to, yeah. You have a knack for people and you can, I'm not going to say I'm a holistic energy reader, nothing like that, but I'm like, no, oh, something's off with this guy right now or this gal right now, what's going on. And I'm processing what they're saying. I'm listening to their body. Well, listening to their tone of your voice, watching yeah. and reading their body language to understand. I'm like, something happened. Doesn't mean it happened here at work, but something happened. And yeah, I think that's as leaders in our industry, something we need to do more of as well. Right. So that way, maybe they don't want to say they're not fine because they don't want to lose their job or they, they have bills to pay and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, from a safety standpoint, you have to recognize, are you fit for duty? That's actually a legislative piece. It's part of our service regulation. So, yes, it is. Yep. Yep. so um, hiding conditions is something that people simply do so that they can stay on the job because the job is also part of identity. I am a truck driver. I am a fourth generation truck driver. I am proud of what I do. I do a good job. I love what I do because everything in this economy runs on 18 wheels. We would have nothing if not for truckers. I am a very important piece in the national tapestry. You take pride in this. You don't want to let that go. You'll protect it. Um, the other thing to consider, though, is you're in that you're a safety guy. I'm a safety gal. A lot of the program we come up is dealing with problems after they have come up. Getting in front of these, say internalizing mental health as an ordinary everyday part of occupational health and safety needs a mental piece. Talking about mental health is kind of like bringing a clown to the funeral though. It's awkward. People aren't too sure how they fit into this group and nobody really wants to talk about their mental health struggles because it is so in an it is still so stigmatized and still so negatively portrayed and seen. There are cultural barriers to it. There are social barriers. Even in Western culture, it's still considered a sign of weakness. Um, there, there is still a hyper-masculine component to the trucking industry. And there are still generations of people that are, you just suck it up and you keep going. Stiff upper lip, toughen up, put on your big girl pants and keep going. It's so harmful especially when it comes to 
men's experience that they don't feel like they can talk, like their voice has been stolen from them. Well, men don't have emotions. Yes, they do. And the more that, you know, you have this toxic thinking, the more repressed these conversations get. So creating a safe place in the workplace is just part of everyday life. Um, Mark has these excellent programs with physical fitness. Mental fitness programs should be equal to and as robust and as common and as ordinary as Mark's. 100%. And I look at what Mark is doing and see how portable and accessible it is and would love to see some mental health resources and supports that would somewhat mimic that. Um, because that is an important piece. Keeping your body healthy keeps your mind healthy. Thank you, Mark. Um, Keeping the mind healthy also feeds the body. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, shout out to Mark Manera, a friend of ours, trucking fitness company. Just he's, I like the fact that he's making it common and comfortable to talk about how you're actually doing. I think that's one of his superpowers for sure is just, this is where I'm at. Where are you at? And, oh, you want to get better? Okay. Like, he's really just like, yeah, an athletic approach, but a really, he's full of humility too. And yeah, I just really respect what he's doing. And I agree. I think it's, he's identified the fact that it's not talked about enough and he's doing something about it. And I agree if in the mental health space, if professionals would come together and really highlight the same thing, I think there could be some, some magic that happens there for sure. Yeah. Like to let the daylight in upon the magic. I mean, sure. Counselors have training and techniques and intervention. We've read a lot of books and we know a lot of the names of therapists and things. And we know a lot of theory, but also a lot of this stuff is practical. A lot of it is really available. You can learn a great deal about how to help yourself and use tools like cognitive behavior therapy, um, the inventor of which actually very sadly passed three days ago, Aaron Beck. Um, He was, you know, he was the architect of, well, what if we just confront these things? What if we just identify them and decide to consciously change them? You know, the passing of a Titan, salute to Beck. Um, This stuff doesn't have to be just for professionals. There are lots of tools that you can pick up. The Holmes Raw Stress Inventory, CBT tools and workbooks, which are available at many, many bookstores that anyone can really use and start engaging in absolutely privately. And of course, there's ordinary things like conversation, like we're having today. And reaching out to that there are helplines and there are employee assistance programs, use them, use these resources. But you can also be the change that you want to be. If you're on your occupational health and safety, think about, well, this is our workplace. What do we want it to be like for us? What are the mental, what are the mental hazards we have here? We don't feel like we have a voice and stuff. So, so can we get more agency here at work? Can we get more influence? What can we address? So you can, and peer support networks are among the most successful and most beneficial mental health supports. It's talking to other people in your community. Um, Facebook groups exist, drop-in groups exist, but doing, you know, creating that family within your workplace this is something anyone can do. It's not just the purview of the so-called experts. And there are real experts, but a lot of this is just tools lying around waiting for you to pick them up, put them in your toolbox. Yeah, I agree. And I think company culture, I like the word organizational cultural improvement because there's something in the transportation industry that I 
I don't appreciate that I think can also get better. And I'm working on that is when we're talking about culture and we're talking about male, female, old, young, but are you a first Canadian? Are you, do you just migrate here from a war torn country? Like, how are you doing? And I think taking that into account too, especially in the workplace isn't dealt with enough. And I think part of it's just unknown. Like they don't know how, and there's, I'm always learning too, but yeah, I think speaking to, you and I could have a really good conversation and maybe we drop the F-bomb. I wouldn't do that if I was talking to my best friend's dad because I really respect the... Audience. Right, yeah. But it's like, okay, so some of the things that I even talked about in a workplace are not appropriate for another culture. So why are you talking about it? Or I wouldn't make... Like, I'm not a sexist person anyway, but I wouldn't make a joke about a really attractive person if I'm in a room with six other female professional drivers. Like, but I wouldn't... You know what I mean? Like, I think just... Being sensitive banter and it happens in workplaces and it doesn't necessarily mean it's toxic. It could be, right. but maybe not. But you know, if you want to create programs that benefit your workers, the absolute experts on what will do them the best are the workers themselves. Just how if I'm gonna um learn how truckers experience trauma, well, I should probably just ask them and let them teach me about this. So in developing programs that benefit the industry, that benefit the companies and benefit the culture. Well, that's where you sit down at her and say, okay, so we know what's best. We're the experts. Let's build this thing. Yes. Let's build it. And if the program is for us, then we should absolutely be the ones that know what we need. And I mean, different levels and different companies will have different needs. And you'll need to tap into management and senior management and or get funding. But all of this has a role. So it's the interdisciplinary approach to solving problems as well using different levels of things and different kinds of insight, like how can HR help? Yes. How can finance help? How can programming help? Um, There are so many things. It's just, it's a matter of making the effort and a matter of being open, taking a risk. Top-down governance is so common. The bottom-up governance where you truly give the people who are working the front lines, who are doing the driving, who are doing the dispatching, giving them the voices. That's a, that feels a little bit like walking out of the house without your pants on. Okay. You feel a bit vulnerable. You feel a bit out of sorts. I guarantee you will not regret doing this. Not the walking out of the house without your pants on, but letting the people in your company at all levels of your company have a voice. Um, that is, um, the hugest gift you could ever give yourself is inviting other people to bring you into their worlds. You will learn everything and truly, truly make difference based on that. I mean, if the whole point is to make things better, there you go. Yes. Yeah, I agree. That's a good segue too, because I like talking about legacy and I like talking about the fact that we have the opportunity to build our legacy every day. And when you're trying to change your workplace, part of your legacy will be the fact that you changed your workplace or you at least tried. And in your space, your journey is pretty miraculous. I won't lie. And I really appreciate just how much you're helping. But do you think about if it's a daily or a lifelong legacy and the impact that you're having? And if you do, how do you identify or what do you want your legacy to be today? And then when it's all said and done, when you no longer want to do this anymore? Well, I think my legacy was doing really original and novel research, which is, it's actually sad that I'm the one that came up with this because this should have been done a long time ago. 
this is long overdue. And listening to truckers' voices isn't particularly an unusual thing to do with professional research on trauma because police have done it. It's been done with doctors and nurses and soldiers. We know a lot about trauma and lived experience, just not of this particular group. So I'm actually a little sad that I'm the one. I'm certain that there are better and more experienced academics that should have gotten here before me. I wish they had. But now that I'm here first, I've had the privilege of being here first. I hope this leads to a lot more conversations. I hope people tear apart my research and say, why didn't you do this? And what about that? Good. Ask those questions. Go back in. Find the truckers. The whole point of research is to come, you know, you know, basically to find out. So we found out and we should find out more. This is hopefully the beginning of a lot more questioning and a lot more explanation in the community and examination. Hopefully academics see that truckers are phenomenally generous participants to work with. I don't think I could have had a a better group to work with, to be honest, generous, committed, um, like 100% in it, and just so unbelievably patient with me. Man, yeah, you want to work with this group. So hopefully academics do pick up this baton and run with it. I'm taking it into the counseling community, hoping to make an impact there, but also hoping that I get back invited back into the trucking community to use the tools from my uh, psychological workplace health and safety book. And again, I'm not here to fix it for you. I'm here to get you in a room to hear what you think needs to be fixed. So we'll bring the duct tape and the binding twine and we will start there, but you'll design the plan. I will help you but I am only along for the ride. I am still going interesting places because truckers are taking me there. 100%. Yeah. This ride is like definitely not over. That's super exciting. And you have all my support too. So if there's anything that I can ever do to highlight something, to proclaim something from the mountaintops, to introduce, yeah, please use this as a tool as well, because yeah, I really respect and value where you're going and the impact that you're having. Well, you're hosting, you're bringing to the fore the most interesting community um, or the most interesting discussions and some of the most important discussion topics that we need to be having in the trucking industry that we don't always have. So you, um, you know, you shed a light driving away some of the darkness and it's very bold and very forward of you. It's, It's an honor and a pleasure to know you and to be here. And I hope I get to come again. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I, I have a long list behind me of, <laughs> as we were talking about before, there's a curtain behind me because it's my goal boards. And I don't know if everyone wants to read that while we're talking, but it, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think there's lots more to uncover in future conversations and in ongoing, just this is happening. What do we do? And this is happening. How do we help? So yeah, absolutely. You're, uh, there's lots of asterisks next to your name. So it's good. <laughs> No, bags are packed. I am still traveling. <laughs> Good. I am not, yeah, just overnighting and see what's next. But yeah, it's definitely going to be in the industry. That's for sure. Awesome. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. So kind of as we come to a close this conversation, I'm like, I, I say it off, I get dizzy because I always shake in a grants and I feel full, which is nice because I, again, lots of times people just talk about this problem and then there's really no flip side to the solution and i love that that's where you gravitate to is okay that's how you're feeling it's not forever okay this is what you're doing have you tried like i really appreciate that because i try and live in that space 
Um, but yeah, I really value that. So just again, as we kind of come to a close, is there any final thoughts you'd like to share as well as if people wanted to reach out, if it's just to have a conversation or if it's to learn more, obviously about your counseling business, how, like where do people go? How does that work? Um, I have an ad on psychology today. I'm based in Langford, BC. My practice is called the road ahead. I do have a private practice and I will work weird hours because you know what? Truckers are also available when they're available. And sometimes it's three in the morning and sometimes it's two in the afternoon, but yeah, I have kind of built my practice, um, to be accessible to truckers as well as other people. So you'll find me at roadaheadcounseling.com as well, which is my website. And I believe my cell number and my emails are on there too. So I'm open to hearing from you and again, continuing the conversation wherever you want to take it. I think the important thing to remember is that wherever we are on our journey, hope is still always with us. Even if it feels very small, hope is still there. And there are days when you're not going to feel like talking. That's okay. There are days when you just need someone to listen. Ask them to. You don't want to hear their damn opinions. Cool. No worries. It helps to have a bit of both. But, you know, hope is always really present. And the most important thing that we can cultivate um, in combating the challenges that drivers face is hope. Yeah, I agree. And... I love that. So something that I really try and portray even in my 11-year-old, his name's Avery, and he joins the podcast as often as we find it's appropriate, is being a light in a dark place. And I think there's a lot of darkness in our industry. And I wish that we could always say, oh, it's so much better. When in reality, I don't know if it is, but I think our us doing our part is extending hope. And it's nice to see when professional drivers can identify with, yeah, I did this today and I overcame this today. And I think, yeah, it's the hope's not gone. It never will be. It's just, yeah, continue to be a light in a dark place. So I really just, I value everything that you shared today. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I knew there's going to be so many, I'll call them value nuggets <laughs> that were dropped because it's like, I never thought of it that way. Or that's a different perspective. And I appreciate your education and your intelligence and in industry too, because it's not just guesswork. So it's so, really valuable. Well, yeah. And saying, you know, as much as I want to cite this study or that statistic, we don't live in the worlds of studies and statistics. We, we just need to relate this back to us. What you're doing with your podcast and what I'm doing with my practice, we're all doing a little bit of a principle from my culture, which is called Tikkun Olam, which means improving the world or perfecting the world. With whatever tools you have, it could just be a single screwdriver or, you know, the whole Makita set, doesn't matter. Use your tools and you don't have to fix it completely. Make it a little better. Just a little better and you have done your work. So with yourself, make it a little better if you can ask for help, delegate, but improving your world, the world is the work that we are put on earth here to do in whatever capacity. We all have a capacity to take a thing that we found and, and make it a little bit better when we leave it behind. We all have these tools. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a perfect closing statement too, because that's yeah. a, a huge takeaway. So again, Morgan, thank you so much. Um, yeah, for everyone listening, definitely check out um, ro yeah, roadaheadcounseling.com. Highly recommend connecting with Morgan. And if you need help, 
it's perfect. You're in a great spot because I'm pointing right now, but Morgan is who you need to speak to. So again, thank you so much, Morgan, for your time today. This was incredible. And yeah, I really appreciate the impact that we'll have. And ho- yeah, hopefully to be continued, Josh. Absolutely. hundred percent. hundred percent. Okay. All thanks. Right. Take care. Bye. Morgan, thank you so much for all the value that you shared in part two of We Got This Mental Health Series. Honestly, just so much value shared. And I really appreciate just the real life imagery that you're able to express. Just So again, when we're listening and we're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Like, why am I feeling that way? And really highlighting the importance of just like our mental health, or sorry, just like our physical health, we need to protect our mental health. And I really just value your approach, really value your education. But most of all, the fact that you really do care about people, you really do care about professional drivers, and you are providing a safe place for them to come share their stories and work through their different traumatic experiences that are honestly having an impact on their mental health. So if you're listening to this episode today, again, this is part of our We Got This Mental Health series, where I'm very fortunate that Morgan was able to join me to help launch this series, because we want to introduce different industry leaders that want to and know how to navigate mental health challenges and just really important that make sure that if you're feeling down, if you're like, hey, I'm not myself lately, asking yourself, okay, how am I doing? Doing some self-checks, but get to a point where you're like, okay, yes, I can handle this or no, you know what? I need to speak to someone. And I really encourage you reaching out to someone just like Morgan. And of course, all of her contact details are in the show notes below because again, she's a professional in this space and she really does care and she creates a really safe environment just to talk about how you're doing, what you're going through. And really ultimately the goal is to get better. So again, just thank you so much, Morgan, for your time today. And thank you all of our dedicated listeners. I know speaking about mental health, sometimes it can be confusing. Sometimes it can be like, ooh, I don't know if I want to go there. So I'm really grateful that you took the time to listen today. And just really, I hope you got a lot of value from, again, what Morgan was sharing and just our back and forth good conversation, because I do believe there's a lot of value there on a topic that, especially in the transportation industry, where I've been around long enough to hear, oh, just tough it out. Oh, you're fine. You're, you're alive, blah, 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 blah doesn't matter. We got to talk about this kind of stuff. We got to make sure that our mental health, just like our physical health, that we're doing good, that we're doing okay. And again, if you ever need anything, Morgan is a great resource. You can always contact myself and I'm not a medical professional by any means, but I care. And I try and lead with empathy. So that way, if someone comes to me and they're like, Josh, I'm honestly not doing very good. I can be at a place where, okay, let's talk about it. What can, what's going on? And then again, I know my limitations and I wouldn't want to lead someone astray. So I'm very fortunate to be connected with Morgan and with other professionals, that that's what they do. That's how they help. So you're not alone. And that's the biggest thing is you're not alone. So if you're frustrated, if you're exhausted, if you're like, man, I'm just not myself lately, consider reaching out. Consider asking yourself the questions because that's really the biggest encouragement. Ask, how are you doing? Ask yourself that every day. How am I doing? How am I doing? Self-checks. How am I doing? Just like you're obviously going to notice if your knee is bleeding because you fell down, how's your head? How's your internal being? How's your mental health? How's your mental well-being? So just keep that in mind. And again, as we continue to navigate through our really complex industry where stressful things happen every day, we're not shy to that. There's no real getting away from that in the transportation industry. But again, as I like to say, tough times don't last, tough people do. And I think in order to actually be able to navigate through the tough times as tough people, when we're at that point, we need to ask for help. And again, that's what this series is all about. So again, if you can ever, yeah, if you're in a position, you can help someone else. Perfect. Please do ask how someone's doing, give them a smile, give them a, Hey, how you doing? This being there for people is super important. 
And again, so all of our dedicated listeners, thanks so much. And just really appreciate your, uh, hey, your investment of time. It really does mean a lot. And if this is the first time you've ever checked out a Truck Focus podcast, I do welcome you to our community. We're all about connecting industry leaders, just like Morgan, to the industry to help create a pivotal impact. So pivotal impact, what that means is advice shared through our platforms impacted you in such a way when you had to make a decision you were able to make the right decision. And because you made the right decision, something beneficial happened. That's the pivotal impact. And again, I'm just really fortunate to connect industry leaders like Morgan to industry. So again, if this is your first time, welcome. And I do, uh, yeah, I hope that you received a lot of value from today's episode. Like I know I have just being in the conversation and our dedicated listeners, thank you so much again. If you've not yet done so, I do ask you to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you're watching this on YouTube. So simply hit the subscribe button, but also hit the notification bell. So that way you're updated of all upcoming content. We release an episode at least once a week, normally Monday mornings, as well as if you're listening to this on a podcast platform, same thing. Ask you to subscribe, get notified, like it, share it. Because again, mental health is such a, it's a tough topic. I won't lie. And I think all of us can agree. There's some challenging, emotional, oh, that's kind of personal topics, but we have to talk about it. We have to dig into it. We have to realize that, hey, we're all human and we all have the ability to impact a life. And I'm super grateful for Morgan, super grateful for industry leaders that continue to show up and just, yeah, we're all about creating that pivotal impact. So again, Thank you so much for your time today. And again, please, if you're ever in a position where you feel like I just need to talk to someone, I need to vent to someone that actually gets what we're going through, please feel free to reach out. And again, if I can't directly help, I will do my best to find someone that can just through our, yeah, our great network of industry leaders like Morgan. So thank you so much again. And Morgan, thank you again for hopping on. I really appreciate it. Hope you have a really wonderful day and let's create a pivotal impact. Bye. Well, friends, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen, as I hope today's episode brought amazing value for you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Truck Focus podcast, I just wanted to say thanks. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you're notified of all of our upcoming episodes. To all of our dedicated listeners, thank you. This journey has been incredible so far, and it honestly is because of all of your support and encouragement that you've shown along the way. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact. And because of you, our impact is growing across the transportation sector. As always, if you found value in today's episode, I do encourage you to share with others in your network that you believe would receive value from listening. Your support means so much. So the Truck Focus podcast is brought to you by Pivotal Transportation Industry Solutions, a company focused on connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. To learn more about the Truck Focus podcast, please visit the show notes. You can connect with us on social, visit our website, sign up to our monthly newsletter, and so much more. If you do happen to visit our website, I encourage you to check out the Truck Focus blog, learn more about our industry strategic partners, view our online training, and more. Furthermore, if you have a question or a topic that you would like to be discussed or reviewed in a future episode, feel free to send me an email. I've, I've also included my email in the show notes. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the Truck Focus podcast, where again, our goal is simple. We want to connect industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. I hope you have a safe day and let's create a pivotal impact.